0: So we gather, so I want to talk about why we gather. But you have to, you have to know me. That uh, I like to kid around. I like to, you know, be ridiculous at times. Um, I I like to challenge things. I I sometimes I like to p- poke the stick in the hornet's nest just to see what happens, and you know, get. I like people to think. I want people to think. So. I, I, I didn't name the the message I'm going to give this morning, uh, just why we gather. But what I wanted what I wanted to name the title of the message this morning is, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't. That probably not the best. Um, but you know, sometimes when when. I mean, why we gather is just like so vanilla, right? And so it may not cause us to be challenged in our thinking. But if I were to say to you, what are you doing? Here? I mean, every, every once in a while on Sunday morning, someone will come in and I'll say that to them. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, somebody I know well, you know. Uh, but why do, we, why do we come together? What are we doing here? What, what is it? Why are you here is maybe what I want to know. What do, you, what do you come here for? What are your expectations? What are your thinking? Of, what do you want? You have as much to do, if not more to do, with what you get when you're here than I do or Travis or the worship team or anybody. Your mindset, your thinking, your approach to the time that we get, come together uh, has more of an impact and effect on what you take away from today than, than the things that I say. I'm going to prove that to you. Okay? Can I prove it to you? <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that we're, we choose to just be sloppy, and if you don't like things, it's your fault. That's not, you know, not, not what I'm saying. It's, if you don't get anything, it's your problem. Uh, we try to do the best we can, but our, everybody has an impact. So I'm, I'm going to go back on, on April 12, 1992. Artie and I and our family, Artie and me, Artie and I, Artie and I, where's my English teachers? <laughs> Artie and I and our family came to, for the first time. We came to Allentown Baptist Church. And we were on a mission. We were looking for a place to land. We were looking for um, where God wanted us. He had taken us out of where we were. We had been attending a church uh, an hour away to learn some new things that God was teaching us. And then we felt like it was time to come back into the valley. <clears throat> and so we tried a bunch of different churches. We already made a connection with Gail. We found out that Allentown Baptist Church had a heart for prayer, prayer, prayer with other Christians around the valley and had a heart for revival, and that's what we were interested in. So we, we came here, and I've told this story many times, and so I'm not going to go through all the details, but, um, and, I, and I don't, I've, I've said it, I've talk, talked about it in funny ways. And anybody that was here, I don't want them to feel bad like they were just a bunch of, you know, like, I'm not going to say that. It was a setup. I mean, all, just about everything that could go wrong went wrong or was just not really good. The music was kind of anemic and because the, the, the choir director was gone and the piano player was gone and the pastor's wife just had a baby. and So they were just, this is our first time here, and it's like everything that we were looking at was like, yeah. And so we walked out the door, and we looked at each other, and we both said, what are you thinking? And we both said, we have a peace about this place. And see, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And we've had a lot of people come and go here at New New Beginnings, Valentine Baptist Church, New Beginnings Fellowship, people come and go. Uh, We have people tell us what they like, what they don't like. We've had people that just say they're bored, People that, when they leave, give us a list of all things that are wrong. Um, It's true. It's it's really true. Um, And, you know, anyway. (laughs) Um, And the point is that, what are you doing here? When you come, what's your attitude? What's your perspective? What are you thinking when you come? What are you looking for? Because the crazy thing is, when Artie and I came here with our family, we were looking for God's heart for us. That was our goal. We were looking for God's heart for us, and we have been to other churches. we have been going to different places, and so we came here because of one thing, and there was no reason to come back. The only... Okay, I'll just say this, just for fun, just because because I just have to get it out. But uh, the only good thing that I could think of that morning was it's going to be over soon. I heard a com- I heard a comedian say one time, "You know the best thing about pain? It feels so good when it goes away." <laughs> it does. And so, you know, that but my point is n- we we met wonderful people here, and there were wonderful people here that we got to know, and, and uh, you know, God has really built some lasting, strong spiritual relationships with folks that were here that day. But it was like God was making a point for us, and something that we all need to learn. In the natural, there was no reason for us to stay here but we were looking for God's heart for us, and we found it here. We found God's heart here. didn't make any sense, but I'll tell you in retrospect why he did that. Because we had a lot of tough things to walk through, and if we hadn't been convinced that this was his heart, we wouldn't still be here. That's the truth. That's the truth. I can tell you there were many times where... One, one or both of us on the way home from church would say, God, can we leave now? <laughs> and, but we knew that he brought us here for a reason, and so there were reasons why he did all that. So when we think about why we come to church, I want you to know that if you come with the intention of finding God's heart for you, It doesn't matter what goes on. Jesus will walk into this place. He'll sit next to you, and he'll minister to you. It doesn't matter what the pastor says. It doesn't matter what the music's like. It doesn't matter if things go right, go wrong. It could be be the most amazing service in the world, and you might get nothing out of it because your heart's not ready. And so Jesus... There's a story about Jesus and it kind of illustrates this in a, in, a, in a kind of a unique way. And it's in Luke chapter 21 and, and God kind of makes a... Whenever there are little stories in the Bible that almost seem insignificant, they never are. They never are. And sometimes if you <clears throat> run across, across a story and it just seems like, a, an, like an afterthought then turn around and go back and say, okay, what am I missing here? Because it's not the Holy Spirit doesn't put things in just for nothing. And so Jesus goes to the synagogue. He's in the synagogue, and he's just watching what's going on. And the synagogues were not necessarily a place where a lot of good things were happening. We know what the religious leaders were like. We know the, the antagonism that was going on between them and Jesus from time to time. And Jesus is there watching what's going on. And it says this, Luke 21, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And so, my takeaway from this is the fact that Jesus didn't wait till things were done to make a comment. The lady was still there. Otherwise, how could he point her out to the disciples or whoever he was talking to? And the interesting thing is that Jesus noticed her. The rich, the wealthy were bringing their gifts. Dressed in there fine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going on tangents. I may not get even halfway through this today. We used to play the game. We had to play the game when we were kids. You know, when I went to church, we always either wore a suit or a sport jacket and tie. And our shoes had to be shined. Dad would call us. Come, get your shoes shined. We had Sunday go to meet in shoes and Sunday go to meet in clothing and... uh you know we had to look we had to look like top shelf, you know, and uh Dad would polish our shoes like we were in the military. He'd give us a spit shine, you know what spit shine is <laughs> He had that little box with all the wax stuff in it, the brush, the polishing rag, and everything, and he would put that stuff on and he'd take the brush and you know we'd put our foot on we'd stand on the steps to the basement. This has nothing to do with anything, other than the fact that we used to we used to do that kind of stuff, and one I, we, Marty and I were just in Massachusetts, and we we went to Cape Cod, where we spent a couple summers vacationing, and we went right to the cottage. The cottage that we stayed in is still there and A few months ago, I was going through old family pictures, and there's pictures of us standing in front of the cottage with our Sunday go to meet clothing on. We went on vacation and went to church. When mom packed, she had five kids, she had to pack not only everything for vacation, but Sunday go-to-meet-and-clothing. Make sure our shoes were polished ahead of time, and we had our ties and everything. And there we are standing like the mafia or something. I don't know. Picture out front. And that's okay. I mean, part of that was like, we want to give God our best. And that was a little bit of my takeaway. But, but here, here's this, it's that whole idea of pretension in church and doing things uh, for other people to look good or whatever. And, you know, the question is, what are you doing here? What, why do you come? Uh, so Jesus sees all these people coming Somewhat pretentiously, and then he sees this widow come, and probably nobody else paid attention to her. They probably didn't even notice her, other than maybe think, what is she doing here? And she just drops in two copper coins, and then Jesus makes a point of singling her out and saying, do you see her? She gave more than everybody else. What motivates somebody to do that? And so she came, I believe she came seeking God's heart. It's like, God, you're the one who provides for my needs. That's all I have. And what God did for her was to give her a gift that nobody else got that day. She got a mention... The creator of the universe singles her out. The God of all creation picks her out and says, You see this woman? She just gave an incredible amount. And we still talk about her, and we will continue to talk about her in heaven. We'll even meet her, probably meet her in heaven. I go, Wow, that was awesome. So she came. Seeking God's heart, and she found God's heart in an amazing way. And so we need to come with expectation. We could be in the middle of a lousy service, and hopefully it's not this one. (laughs) But you can still. Received from God. I heard a story. I'm, I'm, I heard a story by John Bevere, and he was a, like an associate pastor to church early on in his ministry. And he actually, what his job was as this associate minister was to be the gopher for the head man. Uh, If the guy would travel, he carried his bags. If he needed, anything taken care of. He needed clothing to go to the dry cleaner. He did that. He picked up. He ran errands for him. He did all kinds of things for this for the senior pastor. And so he got to know the senior pastor really well, and he got to know him too well. And he realized that this man's got some serious issues. And the more he saw some of these issues, the more upset he became. And the more um, angry he got, toward the pastor and toward God, like, what, this is not right. This needs to be stopped. And so he would sit in the front row of the church while the pastor's up there speaking, and John Bevere's in his mind saying, God, I can't get anything from this guy. All I see is the stuff that he does wrong. He shouldn't even be here, and I'm not getting a thing from him. And this is one of those times when God, when God can bring someone to their knees with a whisper. He's really good at that. He said, John, it doesn't matter what's going on. I can speak to you any place, at any time, in any circumstance, if you'll just have ears to hear me. But you're so mad and so focused on somebody else that you've ignored me. And so he repented really quickly, <laughs> and the Lord began speaking to him more on, on things that were encouraging and a blessing, and his attitude toward the pastor changed. He began to pray for him, although he wasn't there much longer. But the pastor and John uh, eventually left. So the, the, the thing is that God wants to give to us. He wants to give to us, and he can give to us in any any situation any circumstance he can and it doesn't even have to be in uh like here it can be at work or or at home or wherever we go whatever we do just seeking god's heart you know we need we need to seek his heart for us in all the things that we do all the time um oh my we come we come here also to to worship him we come to worship and what does that mean that means to give him what he's worthy of to give him what what is due to him John 4 23 says this, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and the truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. In spirit and truth. We had a really good time of worship on Wednesday night. It was just It was just worshipy worship. I don't I don't know what else to say. You can't, I you can't even describe, you know, what we what we experienced on Wednesday night. It was it was M- multifaceted, um, and the kids, the kids led us, you know, we, we tried to ramp them up a little bit, the first song and get them running, And they ran for about 75 percent of the time that we were singing. We would stop We would stop one song and they would stop running, and as soon as we started the next song, it didn't matter if it was slow or fast, they started running again, like <laughs> counterclockwise. They never changed directions. I guess that could be a problem if they did that. But they were showing us how that we need to be unfettered in worship. We need to be uninhibited in worship and and just worship God in spirit and truth. Romans 12 says this, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. How do you be a living sacrifice? I mean, sacrifice is something that you actually like at least in the Old Testament, you killed the animal. Or you, you burned it or you boiled it or you did all kinds of we're to be living sacrifices. What does that mean? It means that when it means when you have a problem and God says to you, spin around. Spin around. Don't ask why. And I'm, and it's amazing and wonderful that you did that. But we all go through those, those same thought processes where, like, God can ask us to do whatever he wants to ask us to do. He's allowed to do that. And why does he do that? Why does he ask you to do, like, odd things. Well, part of it's obedience. But sometimes God wants to give us things, but he wants to partner with us. And if, we, and if he didn't require anything of us, it wouldn't be a partnering with him. It would be that he just did it. But he wants, to get, he wants us to get used to the fact that he wants to do things with us. Like, here, do this. Let's do this. Walk with me this way and do this and watch what I do. He asks us to be involved. He, he does things. He calls us in worship. He calls us to do things in worship. If you look at worship in the Old Testament, it was pretty busy. It was active. It was raising hands and um, laying on your face and clapping your hands and shouting and dancing and jumping around and singing and, and praising and all kinds of things. Uh, it was active. Worship was active. And so some people have trouble doing that, but that's what being a living sacrifice is. It's doing what he wants. And if worship to you is just something, well, this is what I feel comfortable with. Duh. Don't do that. (laughs) Because it's not about your comfort. Is it? What's a living sacrifice? What's a living sacrifice? You see, we can miss things that God wants to give us just because we get a little stubborn. I've done that way too many times. I'll talk about Will Davis because he's not here today. Remind me, we need to pray for Will. He's going for some tests, some tests. All day tests tomorrow out at Hershey. Um, but Will Davis is one of those guys that hears the Lord in unusual ways. The Lord tells him to do unusual things. And one day he was sitting here in church right back in there somewhere. And some lady comes walking by that he hadn't really met. She'd been here before. And the Holy Spirit just said to, her, said to him, say hi to her. Just like he just he just heard kind of... Felt that impression, and he's like, well, I don't, he wanted to argue, like, well, I don't know who she is, but she got next to his, he said, hi. And she goes, hi, she turns around, starts talking to him, and they have this conversation, and then she prays for him, and it was just, when it was all over, he's like, what was that all about? Like, sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us to do things, and we don't know why. What if you're sitting in church, or what if you're somewhere, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do this, and we go, well, I don't really want to, because it doesn't make me feel comfortable. But what if the person next to you, or in front of you, or behind you, needs some kind of confirmation, or some kind of word from the Lord, and the thing that you do releases that to them, because God's trying to teach us how to minister to one another, to be sensitive to him, to just do what he says so that... He can work in ways that we have no clue about. See, there's something in us that wants everything that God does with us to be for us, and it's not. Why does He call us to do certain things? Because it's for somebody else, not for you. And so, um, why do you? What are you doing here? I, sorry, I just keep saying that. What are you doing here? Do you come here to be a blessing to others? Do you believe that, that maybe that's what God has in mind too, is for you to bless others when you come here? That there might be a way that what you do, your response to God will affect somebody else. Now, we 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 all seen people who just really get into worship. I've seen people through the years who... I mean, we were at a conference down in Florida, and worship started, and there's hundreds of people there, and this woman gets up, and she's up front, and she's just she's shaking, she's worshiping, but she's kind of jerky shaking thing. I don't don't know how this. I can't imitate it. I'm like, what in the world is that about? But there was something about her willingness to just. Be on display that way that blessed people's hearts. It blessed my heart like, my gosh. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I get it. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand it, but I get it. God's doing something with her. And, it, I, and I'm, I'm blessed by it. And so when we're in, a, in our time together, in our fellowship here, in our gathering I'm going to think of, not today, I'm going to come up with another word. We're going to call this something. God may give you something that somebody else needs to hear. We, we encourage people to be engaged in worship, by like, um, going back for prayer if you need prayer, or coming and taking communion during our worship time, or um, offering in the bowls, or... Um, or if the Lord speaks to you, gives you impression impression, a verse or a vision or a picture or a word, a phrase, whatever, to come and Artie's our filter today, you can share it with her. But we have different people that we have assigned. That You come to them and share what you've got and it might seem like nothing. But there might be somebody here today. Or any time when we're together that needs that encouragement that would come from you. God would use you to bring that encouragement. But you don't move. There's something about you like being the sacrifice that crawls off the altar. (laughs) Maybe next week. And listen, I can be that way too. He wants us to follow him, look for him to be a living sacrifice. Now one other thing and go back to go back go back to Romans chapter twelve and verse two. Um, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. I'm going to insert one word to that. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change this verse a little bit um, to make a point because this is, and then I'm going to be done. I'm, I won't. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the church culture around you. See, church gets a culture going, and you know what? It's really hard in church to not do church culture. And I want to tell you that it's really important for us not to fight it, but to not be moved by that kinds of kind of thing, because if we if we do, if we're influenced by church culture, then God can't give us what He wants to give us because we'll think, that can't be God. Now, there's certain things in church culture that are fine, and I'm not saying that you get a, get rid of all the rules. I'm not advocating that either. What I'm saying is that we need to be careful that we don't get into a rut, but that we, we come into a relationship with God so that... When he wants to do something, he can, and we're not hindered by things that we shouldn't be hindered by, okay? We should, be, we should have the freedom that he wants us to have to try things. Oh, we've tried things here. Yeah, yeah, we've tried things here. We've made some mistakes, and that's okay. You know, mistakes are all right. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. We learn what, what works, what doesn't work, or maybe it's something that we tried and it just wasn't the right season for us. And so, my whole point this morning, and this is the end of it, is that when we gather, it needs to be the person that we're going after. It's God. It's God. We want to know his heart. And, you know, sometimes when we come together, it's God the Father that seems the most prominent. Sometimes it's like Jesus is the most prominent. And sometimes it's like the Holy Spirit is the most prominent. And other times it's a combination of the three. It's all of them or just maybe one or two. But your mindset, your heart set, your spirit set has everything to do with what you get. And so I want to encourage you with that. (laughs) What are you doing here? What were you thinking about when you left to come here today? What were you thinking about when you walked in the door? What were your expectations so having said all that, Father, would you, as we move into a time of musical worship, would you all open our hearts even more this morning to what you want to do? Would you, um, on the palette of our imagination in our spirit, would you paint the pictures that you want to paint? On the monitor of our mind, would you release the words that you want us to see, to hear? Would you grant us the grace to truly enter into your presence within us and to be sensitive to whatever you want to do? And to take our place before you as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. Holy Spirit, we welcome influence. You just saturate us right now presence would you just pour out those things that you want for us to walk in to share, to be a part of would you help us to hear you to see you to smell you to touch you to be enveloped in your arms of love. To feel incredibly safe to be who you've made us to be. Because we know you're smiling down on us with acceptance, kindness, and freedom. In Jesus' name.